This is episode six of Ambassadors of Joy, Tactical Spirituality, featuring fashion designer, professor, and wellness brand CEO, Bita Rad. Welcome to the Ambassadors of Joy podcast, where we bridge spirituality and business and talk about how those worlds are not mutually exclusive and how we can bring them both together to create well-being, clarity, and success in all aspects of life. I'm Priya. And I'm Amy. And we actually have a guest with us this episode, and her name is Bita Rad. Welcome, Bita. Woohoo! Hi, Bita. Hi, Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, we thought that it would be a great opportunity for us to use our podcast to actually host some live case studies. We've actually been reviewing some books that we've been reading together on the last five episodes. And you are our first live guest on this podcast. How exciting. We are so excited. So Usually before we begin, we would love to set an intention for our time together before we dive in. And usually I ring a little chime after one of us sets the intention and we just allow... Which is my favorite part of every episode, the chimes. (laughs) And we allow our audience to kind of take in that intention with us for just a little while. And then I ring the chime again to just kind of bring our focus back. So I thought that this time might be really good for Bita, you to potentially share one of your favorite intentions that you use all the time throughout your daily life. Well, in terms of my favorite intention, I think intention for me depends on the day. My favorite intention ever depends on the day. I think intention is really the limit of my own understanding of my own power to create. And as my understanding of my power expands, my intention kind of shapeshifts into how I could be of greater service to myself and the world. So as I was brainstorming yesterday a little bit about my intentions for today, I thought it would be interesting to set the intention to bring to surface and recognize my true power to create and to get out of my own way so as to allow the momentum of my higher self to kind of steer the ship That is so lovely, and I definitely resonate with that as well, as I'm sure much of our audience does too. Let's extend that intention out to everybody listening to this episode. Let's set the intention of being of greater service both to ourselves and to the world and to get out of our own ways. Yes, getting out of our own ways. Here we go. Lovely, as usual. So as we mentioned, Bita is our wonderful guest today. And Bita, I have not met you in person, but I have seen your essential oil set at Amy's place in New York. And I was so inspired by it. And I told Amy immediately, can you introduce me to Bita? She's so cool. Aww. And <laughs> and has well, created nice to meet this. You. Yeah. 
Amy, would you like to actually introduce Bita and the topic for this episode since Bita is one of your close friends? Yes. So Bita and I met, I think, a couple years ago through my husband, who still is very good friends with her brother. And we, you know, we just had such an amazing time together when we're always hanging out back when we are in L.A. all together. And whenever I'm in Bita's presence, I just feel this energy, this free-flowing type of energy that just brings me so much joy and it really uplifts me. And the great thing about Bita is that she sees business and spirituality. She gives it equal energy, as in she gives it equal attention. And I feel like in the spirit of our podcast— where we're talking about the intersection of business and spirituality. There's no better person than Bita to really talk about this topic, to kick off this kind of life case study. She's an amazing fashion designer. She worked in Singapore and studied there and worked with many, you know, amazing fashion designers. She teaches at Otis. She's got amazing students that studies under her. And I, you know, just look at all of their amazing work from her Instagram story. She actually recently created her own wellness company, which is the one that you were mentioning, Priya, which is her essential oils. And they're just so well made. She's a great product developer. And she's also very fun. She goes to Burning Man almost every year. So she's a burner. I don't know if other people know that about her, but uh, but this is new to her friends. This is it. This is all. Now you do. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that was quite an intro, Amy. I feel like I need to live up to that. You have been, and this is this you is, already this is how are. I, you, so. <laughs> I love it, and I'm just gonna dive right in because Bita, you have already said some things that I'm like, oh wow, I want to <laughs> dig into that a little bit more. It's like, <laughs> already in the few words that you've said, and something that you just mentioned right now, which is like attracts like which is a very law of attraction thing. Can you tell us more about that? Because a lot of people don't think about that too much. So what do you mean by that when you say that? Actually, it's funny that you brought up the law of attraction. I am a huge, huge advocate for Abraham Hicks, who was one of the authors, I believe, of that book. And while some of the points in that book and in the movie have since been argued, I still believe the core message of the law of attraction is really what you put out there is directly what you get back. That's been definitely one of the rules of my life that I use in almost every area of my life all the time. That's definitely something that navigates my ship, that steers my ship in terms of relationships that I make, in terms of life decisions that I make. It's not so much as to edit my thought process to suppress negative thoughts so as to not manifest negative things, but it's much more about, for me, being able to quickly process what comes through and understand that what I put out there, I'm going to receive back. I love it. I love it. That is so true. And I feel like we're going to be digging into that a lot more and how that's played into your success. But since I have not actually met you in person, can you tell us a little bit about how you began your spiritual journey? And kind of, I don't know, tell us about your life. Yeah, absolutely. So I can start with just a little bit about myself. I identify myself as somewhat of a nomad soul and an apprentice to understanding life and culture and personalities and people and what drives them. And ultimately, that led me to really diving into spirituality. 
I've mostly been tethered by a fairly good and secure life, depending on who you ask. My family and I are immigrants who are basically political refugees from Iran. We left after the revolution in Iran, and I grew up in L.A. for most of my life. After leaving Iran, I moved to Austria and then moved to Los Angeles when I was about five. And overall, I didn't really have a lot to worry about in terms of survival, so that left me with a lot of room to explore human connection and what this life is really all about. I have a question for you there, Bita. Just real quick before you continue. I think it's so impressive that I can already tell you have such a positive outlook in terms of how you view everything and how you approach life. I had no idea that you were a political or your family was a political refugee from Iran how have you been able to, or how were you able to, when you kind of moved around after going through that, how are you able to maintain positivity instead of getting kind of sucked into the obstacles of what that situation might present? I think it's my natural curiosity of people that made me really always perceive the fact that I moved out of my home country as a good thing. Now, as an adult, looking back, if I was to think what my life would have been like had I still been living in Iran and grew up there. It's just a complete alternate reality. It's hard to even comprehend how I would have turned out. So I can't help but think of it as anything other than positive. Ultimately, I am a true believer that everything that happens happens in the best possible version that it could have happened. And if I wanted to argue that point with respect to my own life, I can't help but think that everything happened perfectly to get me right here. That's amazing. And when, you know, when I look at the the growth of my family, my the growth of my family and my friends who also have had similar journeys to mine, an interesting little note is that a lot of the Jewish Persian community in Iran who moved to the States and Los Angeles in particular, some of them used to be neighbors in Iran and are now neighbors here in Los Angeles. So I have always had a support system of community around me that had been in a like situation. Parents of my friends were all mostly in the same circumstance as my own parents. And so when I look at immigrant situations now that are happening across the world, I recognize very easily that it could have been so much worse. I love this. And Bita, one thing that we like to do during each episode is summarize three inspired actions that we came up with or that popped up during the episode for all of our audience and for us to follow. And you already have one, Priya. You already? (laughs) Yes. Bita is so awesome that within seconds, she's already presented us with so many cool insights. Yes. Why limit the three? Yeah. I'm so excited. But I love this idea of your kind of natural curiosity for people and places. And it really sounds like our first inspired action could be kind of borrowing from Bita and in any situations that we find ourselves in to focus and to cultivate our natural curiosity of the world around us and the positives of what a situation brings to us instead of the negatives. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, continue, Bita. You were telling us about your life story. It's funny, just to go off of what you were just talking about, on the car ride here, I was listening to a friend's podcast, and the subject was really about sort of the cliche 
the journey is the destination message. And he played on his podcast a clip from Alan Watts discussing how when you listen to music or anything in nature, the nature of things is really the process rather than the end point. Yes. If you're listening to music, for example, the purpose is not to get to the end of the song or for it to be fast forward all the way through. It's living much in the present of every note and everything that you're hearing in the order that it's being played. Same thing with nature. If you're thinking of, for example, how a flower grows from the ground, the point is not when the flower is almost shriveled up and dead. It's really the process of its growth. And the discussion point was really when you think of travel as humans, as we develop, we're really constantly trying to get to the end of things, whether it's through travel, it's through technology or whatever. And that unnatural desire to constantly get to the end of things yes. makes us miss the point. That really resonated with me today when I heard that, especially about the music, because it really would be so silly to think of a song and think, well, <laughs> how does the end start? How does it end before it starts? So why do we do that with our own lives? We're in this journey for the journey. Yes, every step of the way is for us to enjoy along the way. And the surprises and the things that happen are just adding delight to our lives. Yeah, they're the notes in the song, you know. They're the different pitches. That's so beautiful. That is amazing. Oh, for anyone who's listening and do not know who Alan Watts is, Alan Watts is a great philosopher. If you look him up, there will be tons of great content, books, and YouTube videos. We can link it in our podcast show notes so then people can access Alan Watts material as well. You can always just look up on YouTube too. There's so many sound clips yes. that are just amazing. I love his voice. He's a great one to listen to. Awesome. So we know that you have, and you've already mentioned this as well, a lot of different sides to your life. Can you tell us more about about them mm -hmm. and kind of how they all fit together for you? So I am a fashion designer by trade. I've done that for over 10 years now. And that journey led me through living in New York and then moving to Singapore for five years to work there, which was in and of itself a very spiritual experience for me living on the other side of the world from anything that seemed familiar to me and led me to a lot of growth spurts in my solitude on the other side of the world, or what felt like my solitude in the other side of the world. And then I came back to LA about four years ago to be a little bit closer to my family. I since teach at the college that I graduated from, which Amy, I believe, mentioned. It's called Otis College of Art and Design. And I also have a skincare, health, and wellness brand that really the intention is to help people transition into a healthier all-natural beauty, skincare, and wellness ritual, which I believe is really the next wave of health. I always use the example, you know, a few years ago, you would see people with their rolled-up yoga mats walking down the street. And now, if you look, there's people carrying around their meditation beats to go to meditation class, and I think that's only going to progress. So it's only a matter of time before people start really becoming conscious of how they treat their physical bodies, what they eat, and what they put on their largest organ, which is their skin. And so I thought that was something important for me to be a part of and help people in that transitioning. How did your journey 
in general has given you the awareness to take your life in this direction in terms of what it is that you want to produce for the world? It's funny that you ask that question. I think about it all the time. And if I look back on my personal spiritual growth, for a long time, I think I was looking at external validations and external messages from the world to understand what my mm. purpose is and what I'm here to do and what I am doing here. And the more I would dive deep into that question, the more I would realize it's actually my choice. Everything kept pointing back at me. And I think to answer Priya's earlier question about what started my inward journey, it started with a curiosity and desire to understand what this all is. And I realized I could steer this ship based on what calls to me from my inner higher self. I shouldn't necessarily leave it to be a ship steered by my external experience, which I recognize to be my learned skills, for example. Yeah, you've said a few things here that I'm kind of like piecing together into this overarching lesson or group of insights. And just to take what you're saying now and take it back to the intention even that you presented earlier today. You said that in your intention, how can I be of greater service to myself mm -hmm. and to the world? Mm -hmm. But you included to myself, which... I find very interesting. And then you also talked about how you lived on the other side of the world mm -hmm. and how it was a very spiritual experience for you and that it led you to your growth spurts through kind of maybe solitude that you experience. And now you've been talking about how bypassing external validation and messages from the outside world and instead focusing on the messages that your maybe your higher self carries with it or messages that only you have for yourself and what you're doing there. Mm -hmm. it, it sounds mm -hmm. to me like all of those are kind of come together Absolutely. to help you get to this point. Yeah. Can you maybe tell us more about that? Is that like why part of the why solitude on the other side of the world was helpful for you? Absolutely. You know, in short, I think all three points can be summed up that I believe that all roads lead to me. There's no external force or committee out there waiting for me to decide anything or waiting for me to receive the message of what my purpose is. It all comes down to me and my choosing. When I was younger, it was a shock to learn that. It was a shock to learn that I get to choose what this all is about and how I want to navigate this experience. Because what happens when you realize that you have the power to create and to choose your own purpose, it comes with responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes when you learn that you're navigating this ship, you're navigating your own purpose, there's no external committee deciding that for you. There's no higher committee external of yourself deciding that for you. It's scary. It's scary. It's powerful. It's exciting. It's exhilarating. But it's also a little bit scary for people. Sometimes you have the fear of knowing truly what your power to create is and people have a hard time taking responsibility for the circumstances that they find themselves in when they learn that power it's human nature to think well i didn't choose this i didn't create this circumstance that i'm in 
But I think the more I, I looked inward, the more I spent time separate of my external influences, my bubble, my comfort zone, or the community that I grew up in, I think what happened was the inevitable realization that I get to take responsibility for all of it. There was a higher learning that it wasn't even a learning. It was really just a knowing that I've always had that resurfaced for me that reminded me that I created every circumstance. And that was really the start of this huge explosion of spirituality for me. Because when you realize that you are the creator of your own circumstance, then it gets fun. Mm -hmm. After it gets scary yes. for a while, then it gets fun. Then you're like, hmm, what more can I do? What can I create for myself? That's so beautiful. And I think I was really eager to get to the fun part <laughs> because the scary part was scary for a while. And I was like, oh. I was going to ask but, you about that. How yeah. long was that scary part for you? Because I, I felt that for myself through my journey. I'm just <laughs> trying to get a gauge. You know, in the beginning, the scary part for me was maybe a year. Yeah. And then now as I'm learning more and more, and obviously when you go down the path of spirituality, you really start realizing that it's a bottomless <laughs> tunnel that you that you go through the more and more i expand i go through phases of being scared all over again because as you expand your understanding of your own power you realize you have glass ceilings within yourself within your own psyche of what you're capable of and you might not be aware of them now that might be in the next step and once you shatter that ceiling then there's another one and another one and along the way each time it's a little bit scary can you give us an example of one of the recent glass ceilings or any glass ceilings that you can recall just so the audience can have some idea of what these glass ceilings that may be happening or appearing in their lives that they may not be able to identify mm, yet that's a good question i can think of one that has come up for me recently. It's the whole concept of what you set in your intentions earlier, right? Like getting out of my own way. Absolutely. I did a breathwork exercise last week. And Amy, I might have already told you about this, but I did a breathwork exercise last week and I had forgotten for a very long time how valuable of an exercise that is. But it was the first time I was doing it in years. And I shattered this glass ceiling with regards to my own brand, for example, that I'm creating this with intention, creating this company that is going to explode. It's going to be huge. And what that meant to me at the time was only huge as I defined it. Mm. But it can actually be, and based on the momentum that I've put into really my intention and manifesting this business for myself, it's actually gained a lot more momentum than even I could have expected. And the glass ceiling that shattered for me was just realizing that every time I want to inch forward, that I'm doing a disservice to this business because it's actually fear that's navigating my speed, that I should just let this thing explode as it's trying to do, as I've set the intention for it to do, as I've set the manifestation for the longest time for it to do. One of the glass ceilings for me was the speed, the speed at which it was growing. I felt like, mm, I'm a little unsafe <laughs> to 
whatever it is, uh, on whatever day you ask, I'm a little afraid to buy that big of a lot of inventory, or I'm afraid to dump that much money into advertising or hire that person for that position because, oh, I'm not sure if it's too early or whatever. And that's me getting in my own way because this thing is trying to do what it's trying to do. It's already out there in the world. I've already manifested that it's going to explode, and here I am inching. Yeah, my glass ceiling was really the speed at which my manifestation was coming to fruition. And that brings me back to my original intention today, which is to really be able to get out of your own way. And that glass ceiling really was shattered during this breath work exercise that I was doing last week, where I just felt this electric surge of energy that just felt like this explosive thing was coming through me and that I just kept holding on to dear life for my own comfort. And I don't know if you guys have ever done breath work or not. I don't know if any of the listeners might have tried it. It's definitely a meditation exercise I highly recommend if you do it responsibly at you know a meditation center or guided through even a YouTube video. What shattered for me was really just this, I felt like it was just so silly of me to want what I want and think that the biggest it could get is only what I mentally limit myself to think it can be. It can be so much bigger than that. And I just need to stop holding on to my own limits to see where this thing can really go. And it's ready and it's already going. I just need to surrender to its success. That's so incredible. You, we were talking about this, right, the other day. You were saying that you were completely, almost completely sold out. Yeah, and I'm already projecting I'm going to be sold out of the next order also. Wow. So it's just, it's 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 going really fast, and it's exciting, it's exhilarating. But me being in my safety zone, I thought, and I'm also kind of the type of person that likes things to be planned. And so it felt very uncomfortable for me. It felt really uncomfortable for me. but. The more I look inward and constantly remind myself of my power to create, the more that might require me at this state in my life to get out of my own way. You know, what's interesting here is that getting out of your own way, obviously, to a certain extent, is what helped you manifest that speed Mm -hmm. in your business and that success but then in order to keep that success and be comfortable with it and to help expand it it's like you had to get out of your own way again Mm -hmm. and it almost reminds me of this constant just progression of constant self-growth and constant getting out of your own way that we all have to do Mm -hmm. in order to keep elevating elevating our creations and our abilities and elevating our happiness and our success. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of this quote that I came across that I shared with you, Amy, by Albert Einstein. And it says, no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't have said it better. (laughs) Pretty smart guy. Albert Einstein's pretty well. I'll have to Google him. (laughs) <laughs> well, clearly, kind of a kind of a genius. <laughs> oh, it makes me feel like also in beta situation that, or even in any of our situation, that the physical conditions of how things are manifesting in the physical are basically triggers for us to also grow internally. So then we can actually 
continue this momentum that's already manifested in front of us. And we're constantly playing catch up and pre-paving the path for more things to manifest and come into the physical reality. It's fascinating. Yeah. And it's kind of an exercise of releasing your resistance, even towards your own success sometimes. Yes. I think that calls for the second inspired action, Priya. Yes. I wrote it down already. What did you write down? (laughs) Yes, telepathy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so far I have two inspired action to use challenges and situations as a vehicle to grow internally and to expand ourselves. Mm. But, you know, I feel like there's a lot more here, too, because we have covered so much stuff. We've covered creating by default versus deliberate creation which maybe, Amy, if you have some time, it would be great to even provide a brief explanation of that whole ideology and those concepts because Bita really, really talked about that and has been implementing that. But that's what I have for Inspired Action so far. What were you thinking? That was actually very similar to what I wrote down. So that's a great one. Just using our challenges, situations, conditions to trigger our growth internally. That's wonderful. I've got one too, actually. Yeah, what's yours? It goes along with what I was talking about earlier. And I brought up Abraham Hicks already, but I love her so much. I'll bring her up again. This was a belief system that I adopted maybe three or four years ago from listening to her. It was almost like a muscle that got stronger and stronger. And now I don't even call it a belief system. It's just absolute truth for me. A teaching of hers is that you set conscious and subconscious intentions as you go along your day and and your life, and your higher self is constantly taking note of these intentions that you're setting for yourself. Hmm, I want to be rich, or hmm, I want to live in this house, or do that thing, or whatever it might be. And it's just taking notes, whether you realize it or not. And according to Abraham, she says that Your higher self is constantly navigating you, kind of like a navigation system, towards your desires at all times. But it's basically the idea that you get to trust that at all times it's navigating you towards them through the best possible version of all possible versions that could have happened to get you there. And some might think that that's extreme optimism or, you know, cup is half full kind of mentality. But it's really different from that because I think optimism is an intellectual thought process. And this is more feeling centered. If you choose to believe that anything that happens to you is the best possible version of all of the things that could have possibly happened to get you to where your intention is leading you towards then you tend to have this release of resistance as you're going through difficult times or times that feel a little bit uncomfortable, maybe not difficult, but just unfamiliar, uncomfortable or whatever. And that's been a huge, huge pivotal thing for me because it's just the most beautiful way of navigating through situations, you know, that you just really understand that it couldn't have happened in a better way than it's happening now. You know, that's a great point, Bita, because I think I know for myself when I don't have mental clarity, it's because I'm spending a lot of time focused on the past 
and not on the present moment. And everything that you've been saying really reminds me of that. It's acceptance. It's like where I am right now is where I am right now. Mm-hmm. That is that is where I am. Mm-hmm. Like, how is it going to benefit me to think about all of the other ways where I could be right now when that's clearly not the case? I think at some level, it's also, it involves, it's like living in the present moment and accepting where you are in the present moment and then thinking about how where you are in the present moment can lead you to where you need to be and is in the process of leading you to where you need to be. I would even take that one step further and say instead of accepting where you are, maybe celebrate where you are no matter what. At all times, acknowledge that this is absolutely where you need to be. I was going to say that as well. It's about trust as well, right? Removing the doubt as to where you are and Mm -hmm. engaging in this trust frequency and this trust vibration that you are exactly where you should be. Because as you were saying, Bita, your higher self has been collecting data. And is navigating you. It's the best GPS system that you have. And is navigating you because they know. Yes, they're looking at, you know, what's happened, what's happening right now. And they're like, okay, these are these are 10, 20 different potentialities. But you know what? This is the best path forward. And even if there are challenges and obstacles along the way, this is the best path. Absolutely. And I've got your back. It's being able to trust that a hundred and thousand percent. Yeah, and, right? and I think at, at yeah. most when you're, you know, a little discouraged or going through a hard time and you're trying to adopt this mentality, at most, maybe you could just stay curious. <laughs> like, hmm, it's interesting where I'm at. I already know that this is the best version of all possible versions, so I've accepted that. Let's see why. Let's just stay curious and just observe why this is the best possible version. I love it because we take it back to the first inspired action to cultivate our natural curiosity. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. It's all interconnected. (laughs) Awesome. It's all connected. So to summarize, Bita's beautiful third inspired action is to trust and accept where you are in the present moment and trust that it is the best path forward that's leading you to where you need to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Fantastic. It was so seamless to come up with three inspired actions from all of your wonderful energy, Vita. Thank you. I do want to add that this notion that you brought up, Vita, that it's kind of like a muscle that you've been training throughout your life so far of trusting, of, you know, removing resistance, of removing doubt. That is a tough muscle to build. (laughs) (laughs) But once you build it, it becomes like second nature. It feels so good. Once you build it, exactly. It becomes, it's kind of like you're, I don't know, on a scientific level, but, or on a biological level, your neurological pathways or whatever it's called, but something connects constantly. Like, so it triggers you to constantly think according to that belief. Once you think according to that belief enough times. In every situation, you'll go back to that belief. It is trained. It's your mind muscle. It's training you to think that way. And I feel like that's really the missing link for success for a lot of us because even thinking about everything that you're saying, Bita, is making me feel liberated. It's giving me that energy of being liberated. Once you stop kind of 
not trusting where you are and stop thinking about all of the other different possibilities, it kind of frees you up completely to take full advantage of everything that's in front of you and to use that in your creations, Mm -hmm. which is ultimately what brings you success. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, super inspiring. I think that what you guys are doing is amazing, connecting the dots between spirituality and business and money, because a lot of these tools are so useful in that space, are so useful in building something great, guilt-free, nerve-free, and allowing yourself to be your best self by, like I said, getting out of your own way. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about money and spirituality, because I know that this is a topic that we have tried to cover, but I always love hearing other people's thoughts on it because I just don't believe that there's enough Mm -hmm. that has been said to really bridge that gap yet. And what I'm seeing manifested around at least me, I'm trying to physically attract more of that energy. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that by having this podcast, talking to you, talking to other people, that will continue to grow and build momentum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. There's a great quote. It's by Lord Atkin. And Amy, I think I sent you something about this even yesterday. The quote goes something along the lines of, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think if you subscribe to that thought, then you will never allow yourself to have power because you're coming at the idea of power with fear. I don't know what's within me. And once I get power, I don't know what's going to surface and what might surface might corrupt. I think the more you get into spiritual communities, they tend to think that money is evil. And most of the time they're broke (laughs) just by the nature of that mentality. But it's because they don't want to invite evil into their lives. And Mm. I am a firm believer that money and power are absolutely neutral. They're just tools. They're just happenings that happen And they just amplify whatever you bring to the table to begin with. Because definitely, if you think in history, there's people that have had power Mm -hmm. that have not corrupted. There's Gandhi, there's Martin Luther King, Bill Gates, people that with money or with power, they've just had a bigger stage or a grander scale to do what they would do anyway. And I think that we as humans tend to deny ourselves of power unless we are fit to wield that power. I think the fear of money and of power comes from the fear of what we as humans are capable of and what we'll show up as if we have those tools, which are neutral. You know, I think learning empathy, doing the work, learning human connection, working in the space of consciousness are all tools that like really help you to know how to wield that power. It's almost like the energy that we associate with these tools. And if we have those intentions of, like you said, fear, right, attached, like fearful energy attached to money, then, of course, that could manifest as fear for us, yeah. even internally into our lives. Yeah. So then we never attract money as well. Exactly. Imagine if you're this hugely capable person, you're very resourceful, you're an amazing force of nature, and you have this fear towards money how unfortunate it might be, and that's a judgment, obviously, but how unfortunate it might be that you don't get to expose your 
surroundings, your immediate community or the world, to the power of creation and positivity and all of the things that you have to offer because you resist using this neutral tool to give you that stage. So imagine if, for example, all of the meditation studios or the conscious spaces that we go in to learn to feed our minds didn't exist because the people that wanted to build them were against money. So it's really, I think it's really just learning to learn yourself better, learning to learn what you are like under the circumstances of power and what your authentic self brings to the table and do the work so that once you're faced with the opportunity of having that power or that social stage or that financial investment or whatever, you know how you're going to handle it. And you know that your intentions are pure. That's wonderful. And I think that's why it's so important. Actually, I don't think. I feel and I know that's why it's so important for us to take these type of inward journeys so that we have clarity about who we are what we want. When we do that, we will be able to attract these type of higher powers and tools into our experience for us to start creating new realities. Absolutely. Where we can start giving service back to ourselves and others around us. Absolutely. And doing the best that we can do to both uplift humanity and then also ourselves at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uplift, uplift everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the less that you fear it, the more likely you are to allow it into your reality. But alternatively, sometimes when focus is only on fear, then that's really what manifests too. <laughs> so maybe the moral of the story here is just totally be afraid of money and become a millionaire. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but the moral but of the story is, is what is essentially the moral of our podcast, which is that spiritual development and growth and success in other areas of life, including business, are not mutually exclusive. No, absolutely not. In fact, it's the opposite. Yeah, they help each other and they co-create with each other in partnership. Yes, and you're such a wonderful real-life example of that, Bita. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. So, Bita, before we let you go, I would love to just talk a little bit about your beautiful essential oils and just want to give the opportunity for any of our listeners to be able to engage in that amazing aromatherapeutic energy. It's called Elixir by Bita. Is that correct? Yes. How can anyone find you online or anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a website, elixirbybita.com. We've got a very active community on Instagram, at elixirbybita, and you can find it online. Nationwide, we ship everywhere, and it's on Amazon as well, if you just look up Elixir by Bita. The first set of oils that we had released are a set of seven chakra oils. So they're a set of seven essential oil blends, each containing between five and eight different ingredients which target each of the seven energy centers of your body and can be used all throughout the day in the office or in your meditation rituals or just your daily rituals of self-care. And I would love to hear from you guys. Reach out to us anytime. Social media would probably be best. I'm thoroughly looking forward to being of service to this community. And we're all going to be setting our intentions to watch Elixir by Bita blow up. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Thank you. 
into this amazing brand as you've already envisioned in your mind is already happening and building momentum. Yes, thank so. you. Awesome. So let's recap our three inspired actions from Bita. The first one is to cultivate our natural curiosity of the world around us and to focus on the positives of a situation. The second one is to really use our challenges and the situations that we find ourselves in as a trigger for internal growth. And the third one is to build our muscle of accepting where we are in the present moment and trusting that we are on the best possible path that is leading us to where we need to be. Yes, love that. That's wonderful. Is there anything else that you would like to add to that list, Bita? I could talk to you guys all day. I just love this, com- <laughs> this kind of conversation. I feel like we need to have you again, Bita. I feel like we need like at least three more. I feel like we need to have yes, you again. I would we need love like at least that. three more episodes. I would love that. <laughs> Lots more where that came from. Me too. All right. So I'm going to do the chimes again so that we can let these three beautiful inspired actions settle into our minds. And then we can bid our farewell. Great. Thank you so much, Bita, for joining us for this episode. Yes, it was my pleasure. It was great to have you. And thank you to everybody who's listening for tuning into another episode of Ambassadors of Joy podcast. Remember to spread the joy. Share this podcast with people in your life and check out our website, ambassadorsofjoy.love. We decided to not go with .com as we are trying to kind of bridge this narrative between corporate, business, and you know, love and spirituality. So we chose ambassadorsofjoy.love. So hopefully that's easy for everyone to remember. Yes. You can find links to Bita's information, to her Instagram and to her website on our website as well. You can. And in the meantime, if you have any books or any other guests you'd recommend that we cover, drop us a line and we'll see you next time. Yay. Bye. Bye.